Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. And I'm CJ. Oh, surprise. Not Barry Manilow. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about billing me as everyone's favorite. I think there's going to be a lot of people tuning in looking for Donna. That's true. I did that on purpose. (laughs) It's marketing, dude. People might expect Donna. People might expect CJ. You don't know. Yeah, we've uh, every guest is everyone's favorite. Is kind had, of what I was going for. So who, who we've had Donna twice, mm-hmm. had CJ now three times. Mm-hmm. We've had Matt, Megan, Megan twice, Matt twice, Rudy once, Rudy once, um, Clay and Taryn twice. twice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But CJ is everyone's favorite. And you until Donna's on. <laughs> and <laughs> and you Donna's listening can be the favorite. next next guest on Say What You Mean. Literally, just hit us up. Oh yeah, there's a driver, Matt. He wants to come on, okay. but he's like, "You guys will destroy me" because he's a Trump supporter. I'm like, "The intention is not to destroy it. If you accidentally get destroyed, well, that's on you. <laughs> it's collateral damage. Come prepared." <laughs> Anyways, what's going on? Uh, just life, man. Dude. For you, life. For you, life. He's going to work today, dude. Yeah. I'm going back to the hospital where I work for the first time in, I think, a month. I haven't looked at the exact dates. I wow. I had a scheduled vacation for um, oh. spring break, and obviously that didn't happen the way we expected, but I was going to be out of the office for that length of time. Okay. And then right before that, we kind of did what most businesses are doing, which is said non-essential critical people mm. work from home, um, and I don't d- deliver direct patient care, so... Right. Uh, it's an opportunity for me to create space in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, everybody that's in the hospital is wearing masks and stuff. So me not being there, I'm not utilizing those supplies. And I have found that I can do most of my job from home. That's amazing. Um, I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was thinking about what we could talk about. And like I've got so much to, to say about what it's been like to right, be basically in the house for five weeks. Um, and then I realized you guys have been still going out and to work and yeah. it, it gave me a lot of respect for what that means for you guys mm-hmm. and what you've been doing, the perspective that you have on going out in this world that's different and trying to be as safe as you can versus, uh, somebody like me who ha- has really been doing the shelter in place kind of thing. Right. I've been fortunate to be able to do that and still be able to pretty much work. Yeah. Um, Part of the reason I'm able to be here today is that um, we are flexing by 20%. So one day a week, I'm not working mm-hmm. as a way to help um, the financial hit. And we can get into oh wow, um, we can get into what this actually looks like from a healthcare perspective. I I know just enough to probably talk about it really poorly, but um, that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. Just in, <laughs> in short. Um, I think probably our hospital is like hospitals around the nation, certainly hospitals in Oregon, mm-hmm. where because of the things we've done, like canceling non-essential procedures, um, yeah. shifting how we're seeing patients, really trying to do as much as we can um, through video visits. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great for the clinic setting, but for the hospital itself, um, you know, really trying to focus on making sure that only the really sickest people that need to be there are there every day and that... Things like a you know a hip or knee surgery that's more of an elective procedure gets gets moved down the road. Um, we've had like half the business in the hospital itself that we typically would have, and so, but we've also got to maintain staffing for the really sick patients that we are seeing. Right. 
So everybody that's not needed for direct patient care, we're trying to find the ways we can to help mitigate that expense. So in short, what that means is that I've talked to my boss Mm -hmm. about Thursdays being my flex day. And as often as possible, that means I have the gift of time to... Tantalize your eardrums on a weekly basis. <laughs> um, so, you but, have no idea how excited I was when Jeff told me that yeah. you were coming on. So. Well, and then it almost didn't happen because actually the reason I'm going back into the hospital today is you've probably seen examples of this on social media where um, local police and EMS or different folks, mm-hmm. all different people from all different communities are um, doing things to recognize and thank healthcare workers for what they're doing. Um, and so today we're going to actually be having, um, a parade with police and I think fire and EMS vehicles going around our facility. And so as somebody that works in the marketing and communication department, it's a great opportunity for me to get some content that we can share on social media. We want to really, um, acknowledge those partners that are also out in the world doing really essential stuff. Right before we started, I was talking to, to Jeff about, supply chain and how critical that's been mm. for us making sure we have the things we need. And, you know, Jeff's work is part of that. And, um, it's chaos. <laughs> it, I think we're all kind of yeah. like in this new and different world. And, you know, as a good red blooded Patriot, being able right. to go out and get my guns is really essential and to that's me. That's where Jake comes in, mm-hmm. uh, especially with that <laughs> stimulus check that just dropped. Oh, yeah. so. I had no idea. I mean, people were buying guns yesterday. Are you serious? Oh God. Really? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Interesting. Just dropping money on just stuff. Like they can't even Washingtonians can't even fish and they were like, I had a guy like spend like a thousand dollars yesterday. He's like, Well, if I can't fish, I might as well make myself happy. Whoa. Yeah. Retail therapy. So uh a guy I know, a Trump supporter, he comes up to me and he was like, Did you guys did you get your stimulus? And I was like, Yeah, I did. But I just put it in savings, like I'm not gonna touch it. And he's like, that's not the point, dude. The point is to spend right now. Like, we have to fix the economy. I said, listen, when Biden gets elected, then I'll spend it. So it looks like he's just crushing the economy. <laughs> I bet he loved that one. Oh, he was like, are you serious? He's like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> so my brothers and I were having that discussion, too. And I kind of made a note. But, like, what is the right thing to do with stimulus? I mean, right. it, on the one hand, isn't it supposed to be for people that are not working that need help? paying their bills and things like that. I've been saying that. I don't need it. I don't want it. Give it to somebody who needs it. With our imperfect system, you know, more, more people than that are obviously getting it. And I shouldn't say imperfect system. The way the stimulus is structured, money's getting to everybody. And so, um, you know, we were talking about that and really it's, it comes down to, we're all like, do we need to all buy Nintendo switches? Right. It's going to stimulate the economy. No, you save for the new Xbox in November. (laughs) Duh. God, um, I, I'm not ready for that. For what? The new Xbox. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just now getting used to the one. Yeah. My, my never son. Every time we go to the store, every time we're shopping mm-hmm. for anything, he's always like, "Look at this! Look, there's an Xbox One S. Casual. It's only, casual. It's only two hundred dollars. Casual. And I'm, I keep telling him like, there's going to be a new one coming out soon. We have a, we have a 360, and we, yeah. don't play it a lot. Like we use it to get to Amazon. Prime right. video and Netflix and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been playing a little bit more, but honestly, like he doesn't play that much, right. but um, you know, he keeps like kind of put, putting those hints in and um, Uh-oh. so Hudson. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh. 
Let me tell you my one of my other takes on the stimulus. So okay. we, as a family, we've all been home mm-hmm. um, in close quarters for, what is it, five weeks now. Yeah. And I think every parent can relate to that of like, it's it's been an experience of trying to manage like being physically with your kids right 24 7 um <laughs> yeah two boys and when our and when our stimulus came and we got the extra dollars for your dependents mm-hmm. i was like oh you know this has been really rough but if the government's gonna pay me a thousand bucks to this put up with these kids it. for five weeks that you know that that definitely takes a little sting out of it right jeez but, Working from home with uh, kids. I can't imagine. I was so stressed about it. Like originally when our company said we want as many people as possible to do that, I had told my boss like, I'm not going to do that unless you lock me out of the office. Yeah. Because um, one, I wanted to be available and to support if there were things I could be doing on site. Right, right. Um, But also I was just concerned about like, am I going to be able to be productive and effective? For sure. And it took a little bit, but I've I've gotten there. But it's so funny because... um, especially since Hudson started school stuff mm-hmm. that's helped, but I feel oh. like he's the toughest boss I've ever had in terms of <laughs> micromanagement. Cause he'll like pop in the office and he's like, dad, when's your next call? Dad, what project are you working on right now? No way. What, what do you have to do to finish it? <laughs> and then what are you going to do after that? And that's it's like, amazing. he's like, he's like, so, Oh, that's good. And it's, and it really all comes down to like, when are you going to be done so we can go ride right. bikes around the neighborhood or right. shoot hoops in the driveway or something like that? But it's it's just like it feels like this <laughs> this boss that's like keeping me so on task. Where are you at on that? How long are you going to be? Yeah. Uh, dude, what about your wife not working? She's a teacher. Yeah. So she's a classroom aide oh, okay. at the school that right. Mexico but to. still, um, I feel like I don't have a sense of what she does at the school when right. I'm at work, but... She's been staying plenty busy. Okay. Um, okay. She so she supports three teachers at the school that mm-hmm. all teach third and fourth grade, um, and they're they've done this quick oh, pivot to yeah. e-learning, like okay. all schools. So they're doing. Originally, they were preparing like packets with paper assignments, and the mm-hmm, idea was mm-hmm. that like every week or every couple of weeks, there'd be a block of time where parents could come and drop off the completed packet and pick right. up a new one, and in the quick ramp up for this, they determined that was probably not going to be the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And so they switched to everything being electronic. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the school, they use Chromebooks in the classroom right. pretty widely. So students that didn't have computer access at home were able to check out a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. And actually, as I was driving in here, I saw battleground high school had a sign up for doing Chromebook checkout. So I think That's crazy. many schools are doing the same thing. Um, but what that's meant is they've had to take all the assignments and figure out how to make them digital mm-hmm. and in a way that can be delivered. So um, she's become an expert in creating fillable PDFs and wow. getting them published into the software. And then, you know, what she typically would be doing to support teachers is helping with like grading assignments right. and giving support to students that need extra help in the classroom. So she's been doing some of that same work just virtually. So Mm -hmm. she's looking at these electronic assignments that are turned in and grading them. Um, You know, I think of teachers too, like there's one, one teacher in that grade level that is um, been teaching for a really long time uh, is how I'll describe it. And so somebody who's been teaching for a a really long Mm -hmm. time may kind of clue in what their relation to technology might be. Right. 
She also, it sounds like, is in a condo that's down by the airport. And apparently every time a plane flies over, the Wi-Fi that she uses cuts out. <laughs> so oh, trying, no. to, trying to do like Zoom meetings with the class what? or different things is, is going to be a challenge. So um, she, my wife has been helping her quite a bit with, with doing that different right. stuff. And I can't imagine being in this process without being married to a teacher. Right. Because like oh my she gosh. keeps... Hudson on task and then our four-year-old Henry mm-hmm. she's been working with him when Hudson's doing school stuff he's been doing like a workbook where he's tracing letters and numbers mm-hmm. and um that's awesome he's he's counting he's she's got him even doing some like really really basic addition stuff mm-hmm. he's learning to write his name um, right oh, I saw that that was super cool. excited about yeah um and now he's been wanting to like have us put like dotted line outlines of like the letters for other people's names and he'll trace oh, it that's and awesome it. so um, it's definitely, there's definitely for, Staying busy. for somebody Jeez. like me, who's kind of introverted and really likes that quiet alone time to be right. able to recharge. That's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Like even just being in the car driving here today, I'm like, Oh, it's quiet. I can, <laughs> I can think I can, I can just not have to interact right. with somebody. Um, but I feel, you know, I feel really fortunate. Yeah. It's been interesting too. Like we live in a neighborhood and so everybody's home all the time. Mm-hmm. Our neighbor across the street, they just had a baby mm-hmm. um, probably like two weeks ago. And so they've had kind of people coming and going from some close family. And then like this last few days when it's been nice in the afternoon, they like sat out a blanket and they're sitting out in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just like that kind of stuff and like the walks around the neighborhood that we're doing, I feel like I have connected with more people in the neighborhood. Mm. But at a time where like we're keeping this distance right. and like, one thought I have is like, this person could kill me. Like right, if, if, right. if they have the virus and they pass it to me, like mm-hmm. that is a possible outcome. But yet I feel closer and more connected right. at a time when at the same time, I feel like my neighbors are maybe more dangerous to me than right. they've ever been. I've been thinking, like, you talk about like that moment of quietness in your car and like, uh, I've been going to work every day and I've just been needing a day off so bad um and then i asked for like i asked for two days off but my other manager had them off so i couldn't get them off then i canceled my disneyland trip um so then i was like you know what i'm taking i'm taking a week off in may so it's like during the our anniversary so i'll finish school and then have a week off Mm. and i can't wait i'm looking forward to it so much are you taking summer term hell no no, never. <laughs> I need this break, dude. Okay. Uh, it's it's driving me crazy. Plus, summer's supposed to be our busiest time. Who knows what it'll look like with all this happening? But uh, it's interesting that they let you take summer off in a master's program. Yeah. So, so I just have after this, I only have a year and a half, and that's two semest three semesters left. Yeah. So. Oh, it's five. Se- it's only five semesters. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I can't wait to be done. Yeah. Why did I keep going? <laughs> Why? It'd be worth it, though. I hope so, man. It'd be worth it. It's. I mean, look at CJ. CJ's working from home. I want that dream. Dude, you're, you're <laughs> almost. You're almost. Ha- like you're basically almost halfway. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm ready. I just need a break. I just need a break yeah, from work. I can imagine that. It's just the I worst. Do. I do too. And I've been working short hours, so it's not bad. But it's just like I have to go there. Yeah. <laughs> you. You. I don't know. I need a break from uh, grown ass adults acting like babies because they're being told they can't fish for a month. 
Right. Yeah, you're on that. So we you kind of mentioned that before we started, but you you've got to see that firsthand it's all the time. All the time, man. These these grown ass men just men just flipping out because they can't go out and fish. It's mm-hmm. like you don't understand how much more freedom we have than some other states, let alone other countries. Mm-hmm. Like they're not restricting your movement. You can literally walk out your house, right. walk to Safeway whenever you want. Like we have so much more freedom. Yes, there are certain things that are being curbed. But we're so much better off. <laughs> right. If you're just talking about freedom of movement, you know, better off is relative because right. what does that mean? You're 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 heightening your chances of getting sick by doing stuff like that, mm-hmm. and having having us having our ability to be able to do that is increasing risk and putting more tax taxing our resources at a higher rate. But you're you're whining because you can't go and fish for. An extended period of time, you're losing one fishing season. But that's that's a vacation thing, right? So what you see a lot with like people staying home or being told to stay home or forced to stay home, everybody wants to vacation. That's why like immediately when they were like, all right, no more school for like the rest of the year, everyone went to the beach. Well, it was that spring break. Everyone went to the beach. The right. They don't understand. They don't understand or understand or appreciate the threat. And then the, and people are seeing that as like, oh, I don't have to work. <laughs> going fishing because that's their hobby they want to go fishing mm-hmm. i think we've all been guilty of that to a degree oh, for sure so like six weeks ago when the coronavirus first started popping up in the seattle area on spring break we were going to be going up right. to bellingham and one of the things that would that we had done is um last year we did this same vacation and hudson and i went to the opening day seattle mariners game mm-hmm. baseball's the best and it was so much fun. Um, they were playing the Red Sox, who were the World Series champions mm-hmm. from the previous year. Um, the Mariners scored like 12 runs. There were like five home runs. They won the game. Um, it was 70 degrees. We were in short sleeves in March Dang. in Seattle. Mm. It was just perfect. So I couldn't imagine topping that experience, but I was like, we, we got to do that again. It was mm-hmm. so fun. And so um, I had splurged and I had got us – second row seats oh. just off of third base, Ooh. which is Hudson's favorite player is Kyle Seeger who plays third base. So right. we were so hyped for this. And then um, I think like right before our hospital announced like the work from home, but like things were kind of starting to ramp up. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on StubHub just to check on our tickets. Cause I knew like some things had been changing and the tickets were just gone from my account. There was no like Whoa. Any, any communication or anything. So then I started looking like I, I was looking like what happens if your game is canceled? And one of the first articles that came up was from StubHub and they said like, we recognize this is a highly likely possibility. And so if that happens, you'll either get a full refund or you'll get 120% credit to mm-hmm. your StubHub accounts you can use for a future game. But like, for me, and that was like mid March, mm-hmm. but that was when this got like really real for ah, me. And my first thing was I right. posted on Facebook, and I was like posted a link to that, that um, article, the game being canceled, yeah. or that. And I was like, you know, so disappointing. We're gonna miss this great opportunity mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we were looking forward to. And you guys have talked about social media posts that don't age well. I felt like even like forty eight hours later. I looked at that and I was like, this age is so poorly. Like, yeah. <laughs> people are dying. And I'm right. Like, I don't get to go to my baseball yeah, game. I can't go to well, Disneyland. I mean, there's, a, there's a big difference between like being disappointed uh-huh. and then you just 
putting the family in the car and driving to Seattle and saying, F yeah. it, we're going yeah. anyway. That's true. And and honestly, I'm really grateful that things escalated the way they did because I know we were having some like turmoil within the family of like, should we still try and do this trip mm-hmm. or not? You know, Bellingham is not Seattle itself. We where we were gonna stay, it's kinda isolated. Like right. we could we could still go and do some stuff. And then if the game had still been happening, like I would have had a really, really hard time not going, even though I knew like it was probably not the right, right thing. Right. We went to a concert like was it I am trying to remember. It's like right at the end of February, mm-hmm. I think, or beginning of March. I'm trying to remember the date because it was when this stuff had started to go. And we were nervous or reluctant, like, should we really go or not? And like, I'll be honest, like sitting there, I was like less engaged in the concert than I normally would have been just because I'm like, I don't want to like jostle around too much and like bump. Interesting. And there were empty seats around us too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if the event had been sold out or if we were up kind of high. So maybe those seats hadn't been Mm -hmm. sold, but just thinking about that kind of stuff and like, looking now and they're replaying like all these old sporting events on TV and you right. look and you see all the people packed into the seats and you're just like, this is nuts. Dude, all the time I was watching a movie and there, I don't remember what it was, but people like high fiving and shaking hands. And I've said this to other people. Like, I wonder how this will impact socially. And one friend is like, not at all. And I'm like, you're insane to think that it won't. At least a little bit. Have you seen the memes that are like comparing like this is our Great Depression and so it's like, Grandpa, why is Grandma Cloroxing down the groceries before she puts oh, them away? And yes. They're like, well, she lived through coronavirus. Yes. You just have to. She's a little crazy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be things that we take. Like I've seen parents and like here wipe down all the groceries, so the kids are wiping down the groceries, and I can't help but think like, uh, is that is that something that's going to stick with them? And then when they grow up, they'll always do that. I mean, I kind of hope so because it's not going to be the last pandemic. Yeah, I know, but I mean, there's uh, there's like like fiscal responsibility that the generation that lived through right the Great Depression that kind of stopped with them, and we could probably still Mm -hmm. use some of those. Um, those lessons. Yeah, I, absolutely. When you get a twelve hundred dollar check from the government, maybe keep it for a <laughs> rainy day instead of going by and buying that fifth AR you don't need. Right, right. Hmm. But my know. neighbor's buying his sixth AR. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> He's got to keep up with the Joneses, right? It's a, oh my god! Security dilemma. I, I got to have more ARs than him just in case he tries to come and get my, my toilet paper. There you I can go. have one in each window. Uh, you wanted to talk about Michigan, so I didn't read the article, so talk to me about it. <laughs> um, first, one real quick, I want to before we sorry transfer in, uh, into that conversation, I wanted to bring something up real quick. Um, Jake, you said uh, American culture is highly sensitive to centralized authority. Yes. So I've been watching as much of the press conferences as I as I can. Mm-hmm. It, while if they happen while I'm at work, Jen sends me clips. Okay, <laughs> um, perfect. So. Because wow, um, but I mean these are <laughs> these are going to be like. Can you imagine? We have all of these great clips of past presidents saying really, just profound things or just timeless quotes, mm-hmm. and we got this guy. Did you did you see that video he showed, or hear about it, Jake? I heard about it. This which, is I was just telling Jeff. This is the first week that oh, yeah. I have not watched at least part of some of the press conferences. The couple of weeks when I was in the hospital, working at the hospital before right. 
um, going home. We have a TV in my office because if we're ever on the news or something, I want to be able to keep track of For that. For sure. Um, but during this time, I had kept you know CNN or MSNBC or one of the news stations on, and whenever the press conference was on, I would unmute it and listen. And mm. you know, honestly, I started out feeling okay about them. They felt kind of structured and like was Mike leading him, Mike Pence. No, this was still oh, okay. This is this was Trump was doing it. I feel like when Mike does it, I feel a little safer. I think I well, think he's, he's an adult. He's an adult. <laughs> yeah. I I think early on, um, Trump thought this was going to be still kind of a short term thing, and it's like right. I just have to say the right stuff and get the message, and then you know we'll be able to move on to something else. And I think as things have continued to escalate and as people have continued to push back, right. I, I think he's just gotten kind of bored with it. And, and so he, it's, it's annoying to have to go and do it. Yes. But at the same time, I think he's also seen it's a great opportunity. I think back to a couple of weeks ago when he talked about the ratings. And oh my gosh. To, to equate <laughs> ratings with a, with a, approval of response or right. positive connotation. I, I think to me, the ratings are an indication of people are really concerned about yeah, this. This, for sure. this matters to people and it's really important. And we want to know w- what's going to be happening. That doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean we, we feel positively or negatively about right. what is happening. The other thing that kind of flagged for me, one of the first times that I was like, Oh, I, I just don't know that these have valuable content for me anymore mm-hmm. was, um, and I wish I remember the guy's name, but he was introducing the um, the leader of the kind of economic task force okay. that was working on this response at uh, whoever it was at that time. And Should I was have at, been replaced like five times by now. I was at yeah. home like making some food, so I had it on on my phone, kind of in the background. And so I heard him introduce the guy, and then I didn't hear like the first thing he said. Mm-hmm. But the the first thing that like jumped out to me is he says. But on a serious note, and I'm like, you're uh, having a press conference talking about this crisis that is taking American lives. And the first thing you're going to say is something that's not, not on serious, a serious right. note. And then you're going to pivot. I, it just felt like. I think I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what he said, but I think I remember that. But they so Jen's like, I'm not watching this. She's like texting me like updates like this is what he's saying now this is what he's saying now and then she goes oh my gosh i go what she goes he's dimming the lights to show a video and i was like what he's going full substitute teacher and she goes oh no it's a video compilation of all the times the media was wrong have you seen this jake you told me about it. I haven't seen it. Dude, so it goes dark, and it's like the media reporting like, oh, it's just a flu, or oh, don't worry about it, or oh, it's this and this. And then it cuts. It looks like a campaign video. Then it cuts to text, and it's like, all the time, the president was on top of it, as he should have been. And then there's this timeline in the background showing everything that he's done to just adequately, I guess, approach this. The entire month of February is missing from that timeline. Of course it is. So then... After it, a reporter's like, yo, what's up with February? And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, February's not in that at all. And he's like, oh, we were fine during February. And she's like, okay, well, it's missing. And he's like, oh, we were there. And she's like, well, what'd you do? And he and he's like, stop. Like, he just tells her to stop, to yeah. shut up. Mm-hmm. You're a bad reporter. You're fake news. And then 
I think he's getting pissed. Well, I think he's getting real frustrated with yes. this whole thing. Like you kind of said, he's he's annoyed by having to do these every day, and people are really starting to press back on the crap he's doing. Well, the thing is, he doesn't have to do it every single day, but. Yeah, I mean, do, is he using this as like his campaign? He's using this as his campaign in a bully pulpit. Yeah, and he's using it as a so he so basically he he needs that clip where basically he said the right thing at the right time. So when all this does get better, he can point back to and say, "See, I was the one that called that was going right. to be right on this date. I'm the one that fixed everything, not the governor's." I think also right now, if he took days off from doing the daily briefing, mm-hmm. um, that vacuum would be really conspicuous oh and the media is going to be talking about this 24 7 right and right. that's a good point they might then talk more about barack obama endorsing joe biden or something mm-hmm, like that versus mm-hmm. whatever he says the other thing that he said early on you just reminded me of yeah. that i my my degree is in journalism and pr so mm-hmm. that's another reason why i've been watching these press briefings of course. because i think regardless of how they may or may not be really effective. It's an example of how journalism happens Mm -hmm. and you can talk about fake news and you can talk about having agendas or, or misrepresenting things. But when a primary source and a reporter can have that conversation in front of the public, right? It gives us a great opportunity to, to make our own judgments about what's happening. So um, this was before I went home. So it was, like a month ago, but mm-hmm. in one of those briefings, one of the reporters gave the president a total softball question. I remember you talking to me about this. He actually. says, what would you like to say to the American people who are really scared oh, right now, who are worried ab- about what's going on? So he's saying, give us a pat on the back. Tell us it's going to be okay. Trump's response is, I would tell him that's a nasty question and you're mm-hmm. a terrible reporter. And I think like the whole journalism community just like really jumped on that and said like yeah this is this is i want to be careful about how i say this because another like journalism thing that's really (laughs) important is you you don't talk about someone's character you talk about their behavior Mm -hmm. so what i'll say is that's the behavior of a very immature person who who is really thin-skinned but what was interesting is then like a minute or two later pence jumps up when they presented that same question and he gave like a perfect answer. Yep, yep. He, he like said, this is really serious. We're going to work together and we're going to get through this right. and we're going to continue to do what it takes to make sure that um, people are safe and taken care of. And like, that's all you have to do with a question like that. It that's doesn't it. have to be, yeah. it doesn't have to be an attack. No. And, no, and to him it is. Everything, yeah. everything is zero sum. If it, if, it, yes. if, if it's not butterflies and rainbows, Trump doesn't want to hear about it. Well, CJ, you brought up a interesting point about the exchange between the reporter and, and the president. And like, there was this exchange where a reporter raises his hand. He's like, all right, I have a question. And he, they always like give a little bit of background and then get to the question. Right. As he starts transitioning to the question, Trump just goes, stop. Okay, I'll answer it. And the guy's like, well, I, I didn't answer the question. He goes, I know your question. And then he's yeah. like, and then the whole time the, the reporter's like trying to get his question out. And he's like, if you keep talking, I'm going to walk away. And I text Jen. I was like, I wish so badly that he would have kept talking and forced the president to walk away. Because imagine, I mean, some people would, obviously, there's those who interpret it as like, oh, he's getting picked on. But I can't help but see that and go, really? You couldn't just listen to the dude's question 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, to get back to what I was originally going to <laughs> okay. is uh, sensitive to centralized authority. He said that he had ab- total total authority mm-hmm. over all the states. And you were talking about America being sensitive to that. Yeah, I can't help but think, and I, I, I hope that when people... So he said that the other day, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I have total authority. I can do whatever I want. I can. It's all. They have to listen to me, right? The states have to do what I say." Well, the next day, he backed off on that. For I see, I've never seen him backpedal like that. Yeah, because I guarantee the the republic, the republican yes. leadership went to him and said, "You knock that shit off." Yes. So I just McConnell thought McConnell still has a big stick, regardless if he doesn't use it. Yeah. Often. So I just wanted to point that out. That I thought that was interesting because I think that is you said that you know both sides are sensitive to to centralized authority, and for him to say that, I feel like everyone was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, dude, don't say that. Mm-hmm. You can't say that because yeah. that's more harmful than." Well, I mean, what helpful. is what has been the calling card to for Republicans on everything? It was it was the it was the. Um, the pushback to Obama on on medic on health on the health care bill, right? Tenth Amendment. It's anything that's not delegated to the federal government in the Constitution. There should be left up to the states or to the people, right? So, like the, that to that Tenth Amendment, that that re- kind of anti-federalist sentiment is still very much alive in, in the Republican Party, at least in terms of window dressing, right? And when you got a guy who's re- waving that Republican banner, going completely against that that narrative, there's going to be pushback. Whether whether it's just it's whether it's just sentimental pushback to be able to keep that narrative be able so they can keep that small government narrative mm-hmm. or if they legitimately ideologue there are ideologues ideologues in the republican party who still uphold that right it's hard to tell i'm sure it's a mix of both for sure um but yeah i mean that that is a that is like one of the last bastions of republicanism is this idea of small limited government and i mean you're trying to rein in a guy who's a natural authoritarian yes and which is impossible, but they still hitch their wagon to him because he's promised them all sorts of other little shiny things like Supreme Court seats. Mm-hmm. They, they're inextricably tied to this guy now. There's nothing they can do. So at least you, maybe you're still seeing some of that guard. There's still a few guardrails that keeps the bowling ball that is Trump from going into the gutter. Right. But, you know, we'll time I want time. him to keep saying stuff like that. <laughs> well, I do, too, because it, it, gives a, it gives us a clue into his mind. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I did on the way over here, I was listening to um, a news podcast and they had some of, I think it was yesterday's Mm -hmm. conference. So I didn't watch, but I I heard some selected clips, but what was shared yesterday was this idea that um, from the president, all the governors are super anxious to reopen their states and they're chomping at the bit and we're, we're figuring out a way to do that. And Mm -hmm. Many states are going to be able to, or I don't know if it's many, some states are going right. to be ready to open and will be fully reopened by the end of April mm-hmm. before May 1st, which meets some arbitrary deadline that was set. Right. Um, what they were sharing on that is, again, that's up to the states. I think it was the governor of Michigan, maybe, mm-hmm. who um, well, they kind of said, this guy transitioning. Spoke, spoke <laughs> this for. <laughs> They, they said they kind of spoke for all the governors, but they said science is going to tell us when to open our state. Right. For <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Um, That's a beautiful transition into the states. <laughs> What's going on in Michigan or around the states? All I know is all I know and have been really paying attention to is Washington, the greatest state in the union. And so whatever with everybody else. Um, <laughs> I think it's one, one small point before we get on to Michigan yeah. is that it's interesting in the lack of federal like of 
because you're talking, we were talking about supply chains and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That is what an executive branch is supposed to do in a time of a crisis. It's supposed to make sure that the supply chains are open. It can get to the, re- it can get resources to the necessary areas on a, in a timely, efficient manner. Mm-hmm. That's the coordination power of the executive branch. That's what the founders, founders anticipated what the executive branch would do when they left the article, when they abandoned the articles of confederation and went to a stronger national federal government. Now you're seeing the complete abandonment of any sort of ex- of executive, of real executive authority and real executive leadership and any sort of coordination power. Now you, it's it's interesting that you see governors starting to form re- like almost regional factions. Yeah. With mm-hmm. with the Northwest, like you got California, Oregon, and Washington mm-hmm. coordinating amongst themselves and getting trying to get some sort of uniformity across boundaries. Right. That's the job of the federal government, and it's just been completely abdicated. And it's well, you're talking about coordination so, and cooperation, yeah. and there's none. No. Not on the international level, no. not on the state level, on mm-hmm. federal level. Like, he's just abandoned. You're on your own. Well, the World Health Organization, yeah. right? Like, he just... $400 million is our co- yearly contribution to the World Health Organization. We get, And that's... We, we, we uphold... We, like, we donate 15% of the World Health Organization's operating budget. That's... Nothing, right? Like four hundred million dollars. I mean, that's more money than I'll ever see in my <laughs> lifetime, by a lot. But maybe, in terms maybe. of in terms of the U in terms of percentage of U.S. GDP, that is that is a drop in the bucket, right? And if you think about what all of the intangible things, not a little, let alone the advancements in healthcare that the World Health Organization, you know, contributes on the, around the world, mm-hmm. but the extension of we talked about this last week is an extension of U.S. power. But really what I think what the movement away from the World Health Organization is, it's one, he can still finger point and say, like, they're the bad guys. They're the ones that screwed up. That's all the reason he's doing but it. But it, because he, he hates being, this gets back, it was to the, the press conference thing, because mm-hmm. he hates being pestered. Right. And then when he can't get away from a topic, he'll do something to, to change the narrative. And I guarantee you that's what this was. Oh, because yeah. Because it means, literally, it, means it's, it was nothing but more than a political stunt. Mm-hmm. And it, what did it do? It got people off of talking about his failings and got people talking about removal from the World Health Organization. Right, it changed right. the narrative slightly enough that where he has a little bit more cover. Yikes. That is too accurate and scary. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. He's playing political football with the World so Health the Organization. So the states are on their but own. states are on their own. And Michigan. You wanted to talk about that, CJ. Yeah. So I'd been seeing things popping up on Facebook from people that lean far to the right. Right. Um, And a couple of things that, you know, we've talked about like, oh, closing down fishing that, you know, closing down national parks and state parks. Like that's really taking away fundamental parks, fundamental freedoms. (laughs) Um, And I, and I think (laughs) I rock of American society. (laughs) But anyways, you know, I can see the argument. Like I'd love to, you know, with some extra time right now to be able to spend time outside as the weather's getting good. Right. Um, I also know the first weekend that the, that Oregon shifted toward the really not a stay at home order, but like that strong recommendation for sure. Um, the beaches and Multnomah falls were packed with mm-hmm. people, probably mm-hmm. more than what they typically are. And so, you know, as, as we, as a society demonstrate that we're not capable of understanding or following what should be happening embarrassing you know as a public safety measure there's yeah. times where it's appropriate to do that so you know i i get where people are coming from on some of those things i also would say you know people see that as like a 
gradual eroding of rights and the government's exerting power. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a case to be made for that. And certainly it sets precedent that could be used later. But I think we also need to acknowledge like this is a totally uncommon time. For sure. You know, there there were things that happened during World War II that we did to make sure that our our country was successful and could survive that. And we don't continue to do all those things all the time. I think I had texted with you and said, you know, like we, we rounded up Japanese people and shipped right, them off right. because we Yikes. thought that was an appropriate thing to do. And that's... <laughs> we did that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm on a tangent, but no, it's just okay. real quick. It's what tangents this are, is about. Tangents are why we started this yeah. show. We um, went on vacation one time to Bainbridge Island mm-hmm. and we idea. were wandering around and happened to find they have like a little historical museum there and so we were looking for something to do with the kids so whatever for whatever reason i think at like that time like i thought a seven and two year old would like would love it yeah (laughs) but it was really interesting it was really small but they had like memorabilia from people from bainbridge island who had fought in like world war one and world Mm -hmm. war two and they had stuff about the history of the community there one of the most impactful things to me was um they had the graduating high school class from Bainbridge Island from, I don't remember the years because I don't remember when all this was happening, but you know, in the 1940s, Mm -hmm. one year, the class is like probably 40% Japanese, Asian students and Mm -hmm. white kids. The next year it's all white. And they talked about like, they had a little video that talked about like in that community, the, the families that were rounded up and taken mm-hmm. to one of these places. And um, it was really interesting to try and have a discussion with a five-year-old about like why these pictures are in the museum and what mm-hmm. this is about and what, what it, it means. means. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I, I get like, we want to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing right now. We want to do the right thing from a precedent for the future. Yeah. So people in Washington have been complaining about parks being closed mm-hmm. about, you know, oh, I hope we're able to leave our houses on 4th of July so we can celebrate our freedom or, right. you know, those kind of things. I started seeing some things that were getting circulated saying, look what's happening in Michigan. Like, here's a sign that our our country is being taken over and, you know, mm-hmm. our our democracy is crumbling. So they had, like, pictures from home improvement stores where, like, the seeds for your garden are taped off and it says, like, this section is closed and yeah, it's the same thing with paint. There was a, yeah, you know. there was a, and there was like a big bundle of like American flags that you'd stick on your house and it was taped off and closed. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. that's not a good, that I, doesn't look good. That doesn't I, look good at all. <laughs> I want to learn more about this because what I wanted to know is yeah. like, maybe what's happening, it, and I'd seen another one with like in Target, like the car seats were roped off. And so, okay. What I wondered is, are they saying you cannot buy those things or are they saying we've got a different way for you to procure those so that you're not coming in the store and putting your hands all over the seeds or the car seats or the American flags? Like maybe you can say, I would like an American flag for my house. And an employee goes so that one person is touching that merchandise. Right. And then you have a a touchless delivery. My Um, understanding of the article is that they cannot sell those items. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I went and looked and I found like this is, this is. So they had a contractor that they interviewed in the article who was like doing some remodeling. And essentially they've said like, you know, if you need to use materials to fix the structural integrity of a house or something like that, so you can put drywall up, but painting that drywall is not essential. So you cannot buy paint 
right now. Whoa. Um, t- who's deciding that? It's the governor through executive yeah. order. Whoa. And Mich- in Michigan, you can't buy guns. Gun ranges mm-hmm. are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is actually in, in um, that's a that's a defiance of home of a homeland security order, which said that um, people have the right to defend themselves yeah. mm-hmm. as a as a basic U.S. as a basic right, mm-hmm. and, and therefore gun owners gun shops should remain open regardless right. of what the states say. So Michigan is in I yeah. guess technically in defiance of, of that order, but what are you gonna do? I mean that's state. Yeah, but. I got so many arguments for every side of this. I can't, I, well, I, know, even, like, I can't even fathom it. My brain's like, wait, but then you could say yeah, this, but, but then but, you yeah, could say the, that. But the fed, I mean, we <clears throat> part of the it, thing of living in a strong, right. in, a, in a in a government with a, with a strong executive is that they they do. Yes, states are right. semi autonomous, but the federal government sets a standard, and especially on something that is federally a federally protected right. Yeah, that's getting in that's touchy grounds there goes back to coordination cooperation right and are we going to fast forward 100 years and our grandkids are on their e-learning devices learning oh civil war ii was fought over states rights right there's all these other factors founded on home depot and paint (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but i was thinking about home depot and paint and them deciding that that's non-essential like Mm -hmm. just an element of that i think is like people are home so they want to do things to their home and at home how far are you going to restrict people's ability to like keep themselves busy? Well, that's what I mean. It's that's hard because I read a, I read a really good article. It's like when you are closing down recreational areas, right? You're actually increasing the amount of traffic in areas that are open, like because nobody else has anywhere else to go, so they're just congregating. Oh. There. So to either like completely close it down. Or loosen it up a little bit right. more because yeah. right now everybody's just you can walk into Safeway and people are just perusing because they literally have nothing else to do. People are coming into my store all the time to buy like just five corkies. Like you drove all the way here to buy like a minimal amount of fishing tackle mm-hmm. in a state you like going back home to Washington, a state you can't even fish in right now. Right. Because you've got nothing else to do. That's a good point. I think about the parks and just walking. Walk through a park. Maybe not have the playgrounds open so kids are like touching everything, but. That was another big thing for us. We have a little park in our neighborhood mm-hmm. and it was closed right away. And then um, they had like taped off the playground itself and they had sent out a notice that like the park is closed, but mm-hmm. they had not. Like the basketball court has a fence on three sides, but the fourth side is just open. And mm-hmm. then there's a tennis court with a little gate, but they had not done anything to that stuff. But they had sort of said the park is closed. Um, and then a week or two later, they said, we're hearing people are still using the basketball courts and the tennis courts. So we're going to tape those off as well and like reiterate like the whole park is closed. Jeez. Which, so then I was talking with Hudson about that a little bit. He's like, if it's just you and I, and we went like, why does that matter? And I was like, well, it's a mean, great argument, Hudson. If <laughs> What did if dad you, come back with? Really think about it. Like we're touching our basketball mm-hmm. and then the basketball touches the backboard mm-hmm. and the rim and the net. And I realize it's a really, really long shot, but For like, sure. if we have germs, they could be on the ball and they could then transfer to those places. They could get to the next ball and to somebody else. Right. Recognize it's a really, really small thing. And that's sure. not, that's not the reason it's because it's a place where then potentially people who are not part of the same house. And that's how I look at it is like other people like, I was like, man, that's the one thing I miss most is basketball. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to just play, but I can't. Even if I had a hoop, like I'd shoot for maybe an hour, and then I'd be like, all right, 
Yeah, you done. and Giannis. Well, the, the biggest issue is I, I think that Inslee would have kept fishing open, and the reason why I think Cape Brown has left it open, although they closed it down to out-of-state residents. And here's why, because Washingtonians flooded Oregon yes. when they couldn't fish in Washington, so they went out and flooded Oregon, so Cape Brown had to close it to out-of-state residents, which really sucks for everybody who went and bought licenses, because ODFW, Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, isn't refunding mm. out-of-state Ooh. licenses. So people are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> they, because an out-of-state license for Oregon is super expensive. Is like, it? It's like 250 bucks. Oh. So they just, people went out and bought them, and then the next day, boom, closed it. So, and then they're not refunding. So, I mean... I, I saw that happening. I, I called it because I was around people buying Washington license. I called it. And I don't know. It's it's um, it's frustrating because I, I get people's need to go out and do things. But if they were just a little bit more responsible, right? They're a little bit more responsible. Instead of, I don't know, going loading up your boat with all of your neighbors and then going out on the river. Right. Like, well, we're all six feet apart in our boat. Yeah, but you're all touching the same things. Mm-hmm. You're just touching the same rods. You're, you're getting your hands on everything. It's Ooh. not just about... Fishing rods, <laughs> mine out of the gutter. Um, the it's like we're our own worst enemies, right? right? Like they wouldn't have shut down the beaches if everybody hadn't a flock there. If everybody was, if everybody had been exactly respectful of each other instead of instead of going full tragedy to the commons. Like if I'm not going to go, if somebody else is going to go, so I might as well go. And then absolutely, just, and, then and they ransacked not, all their stores. And now of none all... of us have. Now none of us have the ability to go and do that because, like, just practicing a little bit of self-restraint for the greater good but no we couldn't we couldn't americans did no because we've we've been told that everything is ours we conquered the west this is our land no matter who was here before us Mm -hmm. so that's one thing i kept thinking about as cj's talking about like from a journalistic you know marketing standpoint you watch things and you're like oh i think about like history all the time whenever donald trump talks i'm like oh god studying authoritarian dictators in South America and the things they did and attack on the media and attack on the news and propaganda. So often I think about history and things I've read about and I'm just like, that probably scares me more than anything. But that also kind of, that's gets me to thinking about weren't people protesting in Michigan and like going yeah. to the Capitol mm-hmm. and there, yeah, there was a planned March. There was some sort of like planned, like protest fishing event up in Washington too, where everybody's just going to go fish. How'd that go? I don't know. It Did today. it happen? I don't know. It was today. Oh, it's today. Interesting. I mean, it could just be one guy. but I didn't It's hear probably it. just yeah. one guy on Twitter because Twitter's the worst. Yeah, I think kind of getting back fundamentally, like some of this stuff is happening because we as individual players in a society are are not making the choices that we could or should make. You know, if... Like you're saying, Jake, like if everybody didn't go and fish at the same time and in a way that, um, you know, floods that infrastructure, if everybody hadn't gone to Multnomah Falls and to the beach and to all the businesses there that are trying to make sure that they're able to provide, you know, what they do essentially for the people that live in that community, mm-hmm. um, we wouldn't, some of those things wouldn't have to happen. I was telling Jeff before we started to, I feel like, as this continues to go on, I'm seeing like more and more people from kind of both sides mm. pushing back and and being frustrated with what's happening. And I think it's because we all want this coordinated response that's that's everybody lockstep in hands. But we also want it to impact us individually as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
everybody is is gung ho for stay at home until they don't get their check and their rent is due, and the landlord has bills to pay too, so they're not able to mm-hmm. defer or offset that rent. Um, I watched SNL last weekend, and they did like a whole remotely produced show, which was hit and miss. But one of the things that happened that was it's stuck with me like the whole week is they did this fake game show that was like a dating show and all the girls had been in quarantine so long that they're presenting these just like total goober guys. And they're like, Oh, I'll take him. (laughs) They're like, and then like, um, the last one, this, this girl wants this guy who's like this, I'm trying to remember how to explain him, but he's just like this super nerdy guy. But anyways, She's like, not just we want to hook up, but like, I want to marry you. My my brother just got married and he's younger than me and like all this stuff. And he's like, oh, I don't do monogamy or like, or like whatever. And she like has this breakdown and she's like, the last two months have just been so hard for me. And I laughed because I'm like, that's so ridiculous. Like looking at this person and like comparing to everything that's going on. Right. And then like after the episode was over, I was thinking about that again and I was like, oh, thinking about my social media post yep, about the Mariners yep. game. And I'm like, that line is so much more poignant and impactful than I realized in in the moment. Mm-hmm. That's an example of like the media holding up a mirror and Absolutely. saying like, this is all of you right now. This, this person that you point out and go, that's so ridiculous. For the vast majority of us, th- that's exactly oh, yeah. what we look like oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah i'm a big baby about it i like i texted you last night uh yesterday was fan day for the blazers or the mm-hmm. nba i'm not sure it's blazers it's, blazers I, I think the last home game is always fan appreciation day or i guess it's not the last home game but the, anyways dude you i'm not joking my heart stopped when you said last home game i'm like wait what that would have been yesterday <sighs> anyways they posted this video of all the players like saying something shout out to the fans and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, there's Dame. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. We had Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> Nurkic. We had that guy. CJ. What? Like, I text these guys the lineup, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. I know it's. So I, I, that's just me being basketball, me, and I'm totally like that. I don't think it's unfair to to think and be like that i think i think we all feel like that but your, but beha- your behavior is, is what matters and, I, okay yeah i think that's true and i think all of us have done a lot better job than the average at making sure i we're don't know around. see Dude, I, I don't I, know I, I, went, I went out and t- t- you walk. know i went out and, yeah i deal with them every single exactly. day exactly but i i mean old I'm, I'm not dude i'm talking about like 90 year old dudes like men just Come walking in with their canes. I'm like, you're the demographic. <laughs> like, mm. You're the one that all of us are staying home to, like, pretty much protect. Right. And what are you doing out buying? Well, the, like, there's some defiance in that older age too, though, because Jen's grandma was like, "I'm going to Wilco," and we're like, "No," and she's like, "I gotta get stuff," and we're like, "Someone else can go for you," and she's like, "Nah, I got it." I know. Like Easter, Easter must have been so hard on grandparents. Like, I wanted to go. Like, I called my grandparents and talked to them oh. on Easter, and they're like, they're just sitting like less than a couple miles away yeah and it's like i can't come i'm like i don't want to come see you because i'm literally exposed to the public right all of the time all the time yeah i mean i don't know and that's the thing is you see it every day i go to work yeah but i go to my little office and that's it it's just me on a computer coordinating drivers you are the public now you're about to go back to work and i don't know 
It's going to be wild though, too, because we're like absolutely skeleton staff. Right. Um, our hospital, there's no, you don't come in the door unless you are a patient or you're going to work other than if you're having a baby, one person can come with you. And if you're in a like hospice type scenario, right. one person can come with you. But otherwise it's, it's people who are working and it's the people who are receiving care. Right. Um, so that's one thing I've been thinking about too, is there's been a lot of, um, a, understandably a lot of appreciation shown to doctors and nurses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's expanded to first responders and people right. involved in supply chain. And I feel like there's been a lot of, yeah, but what about me? And one of the things what? that I, well, one of the things I've thought about over the last couple okay. of weeks is that's a, that's a reasonable thought to have. And I think it's an mm -hmm. opportunity for all of us to recognize that, we all play a part in this. Even if, even if I'm doing 99% of things the same as what I've typically done, right. but I'm washing my hands more mm. as a society, we might wish that you would do even more than that, but you're helping. Right. It's, it's em empowering yourself with choice. It's saying, you know, I really want to go fishing, but I'm choosing not to, and that's going to help. I am going to work, but I'm wearing a mask, right. even though it's uncomfortable and it makes my face hot and gives me a irritation, but I'm helping by doing that. And right. like, yes, I would say, you know, there are healthcare workers that are doing incredible things and I don't want to at all diminish what they're doing and saying that like somebody staying at home or somebody washing their hands more is that same level. Right, but right. We can't all contribute in the same way that a respiratory therapist can or a first responder mm -hmm. or somebody that's, you know, driving a truck in the supply chain. But the things that we're doing can help make them happen. Our our hospital president does a really, really good job of messaging that. And I she's been doing that. But mm -hmm. every month when we do new employee orientation, um, I used to always go and take a group picture at the end and she would be talking right before that. And so each month there's like, you know, 30 to 50 people that are joining our company and in a variety of different roles. And she, as part of her presentation with that group, she'll talk with them and say like, what is it that you do here? What's what are, and so people raise mm. their hand, like I work in the kitchen and somebody would be like, you know, I'm in housekeeping or I'm in, I'm in billing. And she'd say, yeah, those answers are all true. But what I think fundamentally all of us do when we come to work here every day is we save lives. Mm. So if I'm a doctor, I might literally restart somebody's heart. Right. Um, if I work in EVS, when I go in and do a terminal clean, when a patient's discharged from mm -hmm. a room, I make sure that the next patient that comes in that room doesn't get a hospital acquired infection, right. which could right. kill them. Um, when I work in marketing, I share information and resources mm -hmm. that help people in our community know how to stay healthy, which may keep them out of the hospital. Right. Um, I help make sure that our staff know about all the important work that's going on, the things that they can be doing. I was mentioned to you before we started too. the last few weeks before we kind of settled into our state where there's no patients at all and everybody wears a mask. Right. Like every couple of days we were changing kind of what our operational procedures were in mm -hmm. terms of visitors and in terms of employees. And so it was a lot of work for our team to work on making sure those messages were prepared and distributed and that everybody knew what was happening that work is designed to make sure that we're doing everything we can to save lives. doesn't mean that I individually directly, you know, save someone's life, but 
if I help someone else do something that right. that down the chain saves somebody's life, I can put my flag in that and take a little bit of credit. And right. that's I don't want to toot my own horn, but that's my point is like to all of us, like yes. you may feel like, oh, it's so annoying to not go to the grocery store or something different like that. Right. But the action that you're taking may have an indirect effect that's that's impacting whether someone else lives or dies. For sure. And I think that's true all the time, but it's especially true right now. Right. That's way too positive, CJ. I just want to be pissed off about not being able to fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That is that is true. You know, I'm thinking, I, I don't know, Jen always like sends me memes. I'm sure you've seen it of like, what did you do during the pandemic? Dan is like, I was essential, bitch. Like, I worked. And it's like, <laughs> I, I don't. I, and maybe that's just why it feels so it does feel a little different for me because I'm just going to work every day. Nothing has changed for me. I'm going to work. I'm delivering freight and then coming home. The only difference is the weekends, honestly. And it's like, I mean, our families have stayed apart because of because of all this. And I think I've texted you guys. I text your yeah. whole family. I'm like. Gosh, man, I miss just our because we would have massive get togethers. And when we get together, a get together is always massive. And it's just like we've limited so much of that. Um, and I think those are the only times I really see the impact is just not doing things on the weekend or not. And maybe that, I think that that's why I want a day just where I'm supposed to be at work today, but I'm not. Maybe that's kind of played mm-hmm. into like wanting that because it's something changing up it's something different from just going to work during the week and then coming home and hanging out you know i've been walking more and walking the dogs more and trying to be outside more on the weekends but i don't really feel like much has changed for me because i don't really interact now when i talk with the drivers and they come in and they'll be like you'll have some people who'll be like hey do you have covid19 and i'll go no and they'll be like all right come on in or another driver tells me i'll walk up to someone in the big whoa 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 stop 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 stand right there so there's just these varying degrees of like mm-hmm. an awareness or or concern for it. Um, where me, I'm just in my office, and they come up and they're like, "What do you got for me?" I'm like, "Here you go," and then they leave. And the, the hardest part for like being a man, like managing in retail, especially at the height of this when everybody is buying guns, and we're all trying to figure out all because uh, as CJ said, like everybody's changing their operating procedures on a daily basis mm-hmm. because everything you you just there's so much new information coming out every single day. There was part right. of the reason why this was, this whole thing is so dangerous and maybe miscal is like the potential for miscalculations because there's so much we don't know and still don't know. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like watching each one of like the employees on the floor reach their respective breaking points, d- dealing with, uh. dealing with dumbasses, dealing with people who are coming and buying like it's then you, firearms, especially because you're selling to people who don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And then, but then also people not respecting social like social distancing, people getting right in your face and yell like yelling about you not having any ammunition on the floor. Like people or people coming in to fill background checks and then they're just they're just getting in your face or getting all up in your space and you're being told like, hey, keep space. Right. And then these people are are just completely violating that. Right. And you're trying to like run a store and you're not, you don't know if the store is going to be open because we won't know. We didn't know if we we're going to be, a, we we're going to be deemed essential because mm-hmm. the each, you know, or we're going to get pulled over on our way to work and we had to have a, like a flyer that said we could be out. And was like, that real? 
That was not real at all. None of that was in any in either of the states' executive orders. And but you printed it out and gave it to your employees. No, we didn't. Oh, our work did. We thought we were going to have. We thought we might have to because <laughs> yeah. everybody else was doing it. Yeah, but like, we we, we had look. a letter ready. Did you really? Okay. Yeah. That's so crazy. So, so what you're talking about there, Jake, is just like insane to me because I don't do any of that. Like I said, I sit in my office. The only thing I ever concern myself with is there's over the road drivers who come and they bring mm-hmm. freight from like the east coast and they'll come in and they'll be like hey here's the paperwork and i'm like cool and i'll sign it and then they'll need to sign it and they'll be like do you have a pen and i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> i'm like you just drove from across the country come yeah, on know, dude right? and then they I give it to him and then i wipe it down i go wash my mm-hmm. hands and i'm more intentional with all that part of it but you literally just are face to face with people all the time and yeah and let me tell rules. you this. It is trippy as hell to be selling a firearm to somebody wearing a mask. Like you can't literally see oh. their face. That's it, a great it, point. It, it was weird, but I mean, it's just like we, every single one of like the employees that I manage, especially at the gun counter, yeah. most of them are all gone. Like they just were like, we can't do this anymore. They just took voluntary layoffs. Not because they were Whoa. overly concerned about corona, like coronavirus. They were, they were just burned out. They're burned. They were burned out. That's insane. That's another thing I want to just touch on real quick is I don't know if any of you guys have like looked into like race during all of this, but it's pretty interesting how, Ooh, especially it, in England, how it's affecting African like uh, uh, African communities okay. and minority communities in uh-huh. England. Um, ten per- in Wales, yeah, um, they're thirty four percent of uh, of ex- of extreme cases mm-hmm. um, of COVID nineteen are of the minority community, but they only make up 10% of the population in Wales. That's insane. And I think numbers... There's been statistics like yeah, that here. I want to say it was in like Louisiana or Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Louisiana. Where there's, Orleans, there's yeah. a high African-American population, but there's a disproportionate percentage right, right. Of, of COVID infection. And, um, you know, the, there are other comorbidities which is a medical term for it if you're sick with something else it makes you more susceptible to other things so diabetes is one of those things and those are also issues that affect the Mm african-american community mm -hmm. disproportionately fauci talked about that i think last week right and um yeah it's it's really interesting well even socially like i've seen african-americans on social media being like i'm not going in public wearing a mask like that goes against everything i've been raised and taught to, to do mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. people don't consider that or don't think about things like that um go ahead uh that just reminded me so the last time i went to the grocery store which was last week i think um was the first time i had been since like prior to this really blowing up like i had heard the day before that we were probably going to be having our non-essential employees work from home i got kind of a heads up because we were going to craft messaging around it so right. That night, I went to Fred Meyer at like 10 o'clock at night after the kids went to bed and like did a big haul. And then um, another thing we could talk about is I right at the end of spring break, I got sick. So then I kind of was in a self-quarantine space. Mm -hmm. So we had family that was getting food for us. So last week was my first time going out and I didn't know what it was going to be like, but I had a mask on and I walk into Fred Meyer in Battleground and like maybe 10% of the people who are shopping have masks on. Mm -hmm. And I saw three employees in the whole store who had masks on Mm -hmm. and I felt really conspicuous. Like everybody was kind of looking at me like, you know, what are, what are you doing? And I think it's interesting because Clark County is one of the areas in Washington that has a pretty high um, occurrence. And so, and I think battleground particularly, but 
I also think it's become kind of a thing where it's like, who do you line up behind? And like, if somebody's not on TV every day oh, telling you, right. like, you can show your support to me by wearing a mask, then people are not doing it. For sure. But So I'm going along and then all of a sudden this lady comes by me with like a mask and then like this plastic bag thing over her head that was like a homemade no. face shield. And so after that, I just kind of drafted sort of behind her and everybody was giving her the looks and I felt like, okay, I'm <laughs> just hiding behind this lady again, whatever you do. I, there's, right. a, there's been that meme going around too of a guy with like pool noodles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What I think is interesting about that one too, is that he's at a Lowe's. There's a person I follow on Twitter. Who's a one of the, in one of the sports communities uh-huh. that I follow. She works on the East coast at a Lowe's and she's been super frustrated. She's been part of like an open letter that employees have written because they're, their stores remain open. She doesn't think they're necessarily essential. And like we've talked about, as other things are closed, they're getting flooded with right, people. Right. They're trying to like create social distancing expectations. People are not complying to those. Right. She, I think, works in like the like cabinet department there. So she has like a little glass partition and people are coming up and like putting their hands all over Ooh. that and stuff. They don't they just don't get it. Some of these yeah. people like if you if you admit that this is serious. It's almost like you're 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 a wuss. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like defying the these restrictions is almost yeah. like to them it's like shielding themselves or something. Or they're they're um they think it's a joke. Like right. I just, this woman, she was just like putting her hands all over my my stuff yesterday, and I was cashiering, like mocking, and singing, like singing, and she's like, oh, it's just like I was. Just, Acting like this was like wait was it like no a mockery deal? like touching like I, I Rudy Gobert? As I was say, was her last name Gobert by any chance? <laughs> so, no, I I don't think it was mockery with her, but there are people who mock. Yeah, like if you ask them like please set please set your items on the counter and take a step back. Yeah, and they and they get all they get they get legitimately mad, and then some people were like, okay, well here's my card, and one dude like yeah. flung it. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious, man. These people there are there is there is a portion of this population Whoa. that that legitimately. Take people wanting to act in 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 a respectful manner, uh-huh. and they're like, "F you in your space." I'm going to get in your face because I think it's ridiculous that that's that, that you're doing this. I I think that's you talked about. Oh my said word. Several times coordination and cooperation, yes. and we've talked about it like on the bigger level with states and the international mm-hmm. community. I think that even applies at the local level where it's like absolutely there's a continuum of thought among all of us. Even you know the three of us in the room sound like we agree on a lot of stuff, but we right. probably really delved into it. There's parts that we probably disagree with about sure. like what's an appropriate thing to do, like how far is too far. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just so tricky to think about like, how do we, how do we navigate that stuff? How do we, right. you know, if somebody wants to bundle up to go to the grocery store, like maybe I was being oversensitive and people were not judging me or right. maybe my mask just looked ridiculous right. because it was a <laughs> blazer bandana. I had folded. It up was awesome. And, um, Kind of look like a Mortal Kombat character because of the pinwheel. Yeah, but um, yeah, just like how do we, how do we make it okay for people to do what they want to do, um, and be respectful? Like right. the tricky part, I guess, is That's when somebody insane. wants to take it less seriously than you, and in a way that you feels like puts you at risk. That would piss me off. How <laughs> how do we make it okay for someone to sort of? assert hey can you do this right. to protect me and 
you know, how can we just look out for each other? I guess is the short way of saying. I think that that behavior, Jake, that you're talking about is just foundational in who those people are. Mm-hmm. It's not just this issue with. Oh, oh, I, oh I know. Trust it's me. it's everything. There's, I mean, there's there's customers that always come in looking for something, looking either for validation for their really like crappy opinions, right? And they're like, so they're they're going around looking for either someone to complain about some something that somebody did or something that the governor is doing right so they can get validation or to find that person that they can just scream at and say you're the reason why exactly. america sucks stuff like that. i mean there there are there is yeah you're right there is a portion of the population and those people have now pivoted to yes. being jackasses about yep. other people other people's space mm-hmm. in a very very tense situation mm-hmm. i hate those people <laughs> I was going to say real quick, I was just thinking about this, just touch on race again real quick, is uh, the Asian community experiencing like mm-hmm. racism. Uh, a guy I know, Adam, he lives up in Seattle and he was at the grocery store and uh, this Asian woman was like, next to him in the checkout line. She had a mask on and he was like putting his stuff on the cart and he just looked over real quick, just like, oh, okay, hi, you know, whatever. Didn't say anything, just looked at her and then just went back to what he's doing. And she goes, I don't have it. And he was like, uh, okay. And she's like, I just want you to know I don't have it. He's like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just, just that behavior of like having to defend yourself and just. Dude, it's with uh, the, even in the it's with even in the Asian community. We have an elder Japanese mm-hmm. uh, man that that works. He's retired and everything. And he was like, it was it's like, oh, it's it's all the Chinese. It's it's all the Chinese. It's all the Chinese. Oh. It's, it's like it's not it's it's not us. It's not right, us the Japanese. Right. It's, it's it's them the Chinese for sure. Yeah. So it's interesting. Crazy. I don't know. We need to end on a better note. So as CJ says, cooperation and coordination <laughs> on all levels, socially. Hey, remember the last time we were all on and we called Blazers were going to win the Blazers were going to go on a run and make the championship? Yeah, they yeah. should have. They could have. They would have. <laughs> we will never know. Oh, as Trump said, they should have, could have, would have. They did win it. Yes. <laughs> one, one health tip as we wrap up, too. I yeah. got this from uh, Norm MacDonald. He was saying, you know, I as we're that. all in, in quarantine and... And as we're looking to, you know, boost our immunity and be really um, as efficient as we can at fighting this, his his one health tip that everybody can do is if you go to most grocery stores and you look in the frozen section, um, a great swap you can make for your health is just switch to Impossible Bat. Impossible? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's a totally plant-based bat substitute. It <laughs> tastes exactly like bat, but prevents you from... Does we know it started from a bat? I don't know. No, it, I, it came from the exotic meat trade out of probably out of Malaysia is where they're oh, real quick. Sorry. Now that you right. bring up the bat. Uh, so Jen watches all these zoo shows now. And if people are eating exotic meats and eating bat, the people at the zoo, when they handle a bat, I watched them of a, a, a scene where they're handling this bat. They literally bag it and then like triple glove their hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the reason. I mean, they spread Ebola like crazy in Africa. Like that's the main reason. That's how insane. Ebola, that's the main reason how Ebola made it out of Congo and into West Africa, the West, into West Africa, is is bats traveling or bats being eaten. Tran- well, bats going and then like dying and being eaten by bush meat, and then that bush meat being infected, and then people eating <laughs> that bush meat, and then and then all of their social practices of you know laying. What about know, contagion? The, Have you cel- seen contagion? No, I haven't. What? What's wrong with you? Have you you haven't, haven't seen it no. either? But I'm pretty sure I don't remember. It's been a while. I started watching it at the beginning of all this, and I was like, I'm gonna turn this off. But I'm pretty sure a bat like comes in contact with a pig that is then eaten. 
Is that a way? So, I'm assuming that's a way. That's how Ebola spread in, in West Africa. What oh. I had heard about coronavirus is that they thought it was passed from a bat to a pangolin, which is a type oh, of anteater. Yes, yes. And the pangolin was sold at one of these exotic meat markets. And but again, there's See, been I heard pangolin too. There's been so much stuff, and this has been such a fast-moving thing that it has. We don't know yet. Well, as hum- as humans keep encroaching upon wildlife, as mm-hmm. we come closer and closer in contact with with animals these things are going to keep arising right I think it's just a natural progress it's it's literally it's a natural progression it's why people like experts have been warning about pandemics for the last 10 years because yeah. of global expansion and globalized economy and trading in the trading of of these of, of different resources like right. rare meats and these exotic meats and it's stuff a globalized like world now yeah or if you're i mean i guess if you're duarte um his he this just came across foreign policy oh duarte, who's duarte? Uh, he's the president of the philippines thank you um i knew that response to the coronavirus shoot them dead shoot who dead the people who have coronavirus i mean he would <coughs> he would yeah, he would he would <laughs> He would pull the trigger himself. Whoa. That dude's insane. Well, you know that this whole thing, you said that we've been warned about pandemics for years. That's because the deep state has been developing this to wipe out a chunk of the population and maintain supremacy. Oh, my God, supremacy. CJ, you're right. I'm now a conspiracy theorist. 5G, dude. I've been researching 5G just so I can come at you with that fire next week. Huawei? No, Huawei? Isn't that how you pronounce it? No, it's Huawei. I'm pretty sure. I think it's Huawei. I bet. All right, I've heard Huawei. Taco, taco Huawei. Two to one. Two to one. You okay. lose. But uh, so I watched. There's this like he's like this major conspiracy theorist. He's like I guess he talks like sell, sold out like Wembley Stadium and has talked for like ten hours. There's this video of him explaining how this whole thing is a hoax and it's all five G. I'm gonna finish it and I'm gonna come at you with that. Okay. Okay. What are you know. doing? Are you looking up how to pronounce yes, it? Yes, I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. All right, what do you got? Because it's two to one. If we lose, that's two losers. Wah, way. Hold on, I'm turning up my volume. Okay, you guys are right. Boom. <laughs> uh, CJ, thanks for joining us. Yeah, hopefully we can keep keep it rolling, dude. dude you please. can be the unofficial third for as long as you can be. Uh, Jake. Good job this week, Jake. Thank you. Keep making your little decisions and health conscious moves at work. Stay safe. Oh, yeah. Stay, stay safe, safe going everybody. Back. Everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. Thank you.